0: You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked on Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and on today's episode, we are going to be joined by WQAD's Celia Palermo, who covers the Iowa Hawkeyes for that station. She's going to be helping us talk about the top players to watch on the offensive side of the ball, the top players to watch on the defensive side of the ball, talking about key storylines, and ultimately what games worry us coming into this Iowa football season. This is our last day before we start talking about Indiana. We're covering Indiana all next week, talking all about that, and obviously Iowa Getting ready to play Indiana on next week's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We'll be there every Monday through Friday with our free podcast, and we'll also be starting YouTube next week as well, so make sure to check us out there too. Just a reminder the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockhamphora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. And again, let's hop into that conversation. So we got Celia on the show. Fantastic guest. Love having her on. Let's kick it off right now. All right, I'm honored to be joined here by Celia Palermo. Last time we chatted, we were coming out of spring practice, four to five months away from the first game. Since then, a few things have changed. Um, offensively iowa starting guard kyler shaw is now out with an injury for at least a couple weeks very unfortunate there's also been some shakeup at the tackle spot and the quarterback spot has remained spencer's for the foreseeable future which some people might enjoy that some people might not Um, and on the defense side of the ball they are ready to rock and roll as we can expect with phil parker today though we're going to go through players to watch on the offensive side of the ball players to watch on the defensive side of the ball key storylines and which games give us the most concern before we get into any of that though Celia, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing great. I mean, I can hardly believe we are, you know, just two weekends out from the start of college football for the Hawkeyes. I mean, feels like a long time coming. I, I can't wait to see sta- fans back in the stands at Kinnick Stadium. It's going to be electric uh, yep. on Duke Slater Field. I mean, what an incredible honor. I mean, there's just so much happening with Iowa right now. And um, what better time than, uh, than now to, to talk about what should be a fantastic season.
1: Absolutely. I'm very excited. I, I do want to ask you though, because you cover a lot of a sports right? you're covering basically four D D one schools, right? Over in Davenport, correct? Like you cut Illinois, you got Iowa. Do you cover
0: Iowa State at all? We do cover Iowa State as well. In fact, we actually realized with the in terms of a quad city's presence this year um, on the rosters, Iowa State is actually our, our biggest contingent. We have oh. more players up in Ames than we do right now in um, Iowa City or in Champaign, which is crazy. But, you know, of course we love seeing uh, local products um, at any school and uh, it's just been incredible to follow all of their journeys.
1: Absolutely. So, you, I mean, this is probably the busiest time of the year for you, I would assume?
0: Absolutely, high school football <laughs> kicks off um, in two days. So we are busier than ever wrapping up our high school football previews, which we've been doing for, for two weeks. So Friday night lights start this Friday and then the following week we've got, um, it'll be week two of high school football and college football begins for, for us. So it's, it's a crazy time. Uh, we're (laughs) running on very little sleep, but it's also the best time of year.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's football season. What's, what's better than football season. And you took the time to join me. So I really appreciate that. Um, I know you're really busy before we get into the Iowa preview. I just got to ask you, what is the buzz around Illinois? Because. I'm personally a little concerned that Brett Belima is doing a pretty good job, at least recruiting. Now there's, there's some, you know, things that you can take away from that good and bad, but Brett Belima is a good coach and Illinois, I feel like might be getting a little bit of momentum.
0: Absolutely. And First of all, Brett Bielema is he has Quad City Ties. He's from Prophetstown, which is a small town um, about an hour away from Davenport and Moline area, a uh, really small area. And uh, he's really the story of a small-town farm kid who was able to take his talents, you know, to the highest level. And The so, Iowa dream. Literally, absolutely <laughs> the, the Iowa dream. I mean, it's a very similar story to that of um, – Of Jack Heflin, who who played for the Hawkeyes last season, and uh, who is also from Prophetstown and now um, with the Packers. But Brett Bielema, you know, I would agree with you. I think his first task when he got the job was, I really want to own in-state recruiting. And thus far, he's done a pretty incredible job of that. And you know, as he should, Illinois should be hanging on to their top in-state recruits. There's no reason why they should be going elsewhere. And so if, if that's how he's coming into this job and, and starting it, you know, perhaps uh, there could be something interesting going down in Champaign. And it'll be interesting to see how he's able to develop talent. I think that was one of the biggest concerns with them is they have talent. Now, how do you develop it and how do you make them effective? And, um, I'm, I'm hoping to, to see good things. I know Hawkeye fans, maybe not, but, um, just from a, a football fan perspective and just loving the game, uh, you know, we certainly hope to see that those kids succeed.
1: Yeah. I mean, Illinois being good is good for the big 10 regardless. It does obviously hurt Iowa a little bit, uh, for the last 10 years, they've had a, basically a stranglehold on Iowa and Illinois from a recruiting perspective with Matt Campbell's success at Iowa state. With Brett coming into Illinois, um, they're starting to see that that foothold shrink a little bit, which um, they'll get a little bit more creative. But let's get into some Iowa football talk. On the offensive side of the ball, um, there's several question marks. I think the biggest one is is definitely Spencer Petris and whether or not he is going to be able to keep the job this year. Uh, we just found out, I think, over over the camp. I think you were actually there at the interviews. And I think we found out that he actually missed a ton of time over the summer last year, because of COVID, which never came out at any point. So he didn't have spring ball. He also missed a lot of the summer and then he became the starting quarterback. So definitely an interesting storyline, but I'm curious from your perspective, who are the three top players or the three most interesting players you are looking at from the offensive side of the ball for Iowa this year?
0: Yeah. Well, first just on Spencer, like you mentioned, I mean, he missed what I think he said 30 days because of COVID quarantine 30 days. That's an entire month that's a lot of development time. Mm -hmm. And listen, he wasn't perfect last year, but if you're talking about a starting quarterback and he's missing that much time and we're in a COVID year where things are just so different to be able to have what success he did have and to be able to grow in the way that he did, I think it says a lot about maybe hopefully the corner that he's going to turn this year with a full spring season, with a normal off season, being able to actually focus. So I am excited to see him as well. You know, of course, Tyler Goodson is going to be, you know, an insane guy to watch. Uh, Just looking at him from a physical perspective, of course, he's always been big and strong. He looks even bigger, even stronger. And I'm sure even faster he is shredded. (laughs) uh, And that guy doesn't lack any motivation. And so he knows what kind of goals he has coming into the season. And he's going to be someone to watch and, and someone exciting to see because he really has put in that offseason work. You can tell that um, yeah. he's ready to go and he wants to take an enhanced role uh, in this um in this offense. Um, hmm. next up, I would say I'm actually really excited to see Samuel Porta because he has a lot of high hopes around him as well. And you couldn't find a more casual chill guy on the roster when you talk to sam i mean this guy is just the nicest kid and he knows like he's like if my number gets called like i'll be ready but he's also not like i don't want to say he's not putting a ton of pressure on the situation but he's also ready to go Uh, he also has gained some weight and he looks bigger um, and more more of a physical specimen Uh, i think it'll be interesting to see his enhanced role in this offense as well Um, and let's see, uh, Tyron Tracy, of course. I mean, I think, I feel like I'm going for the easy guys here, but it's because they have proven themselves as effective as, um, guys who show up in game situations. And he's also someone who, Tyrone Tracy's really stepped into a leadership role this year. I mean, talk about uh, a room that lost a lot of talent last year when you think of the wide receivers. And Tyrone's really taken that on and uh, wants to show the younger guys how it's done and lead by example, both on and off the field. And I have no doubt he's going to show up and, and be just a lot of fun to watch.
1: You've heard me talk about it before, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have flavors for literally everyone. Sweet, salty, fruity, you name it, they've got it and all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. But the best part about these bars are not just how delicious they are, it is how healthy they are for you as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, it is the Built Bar, the protein bar that is used by the track and field team, and is also the protein bar sponsoring BYU walk-ons and paying for their entire scholarship. So why wouldn't you want to try a fantastic-tasting protein bar from a company like that? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Absolutely. I think Tyler Goodson to me is going to be a lot of fun to watch simply him versus Brees Hall. I think that's going to be a fun in-state battle of just those two running backs. So good. Um, I think Tyler Goodson kind of underrated from a national perspective, not getting a lot of love, but once they see him get the full load, uh, carrying the ball, that's going to be a lot of fun, especially if Brian Ferentz does like to split him out a bit more and have him actually play some slot wide receiver and whatnot. Uh, Sam Laporta. I think what people forget, we lost a couple big tight end recruits But what people forget is that Sam Laporta was a guy that we found late in the process. He was an underrated three-star recruit, and he started as a true freshman or got some starter-like snaps The true freshman. And then even I think in the summer, he mentioned the game was just starting to slow down for him. If the game is just starting to slow down for him, I cannot imagine what that looks like for him because he has been phenomenal uh, leading the team in targets last year. I would argue he would have done a better job had the ball been placed in a better spot. But again, we can go back to the fact that Spencer did not have a lot of time with Sam or with anyone in the offense. And Tyrone Tracy couldn't agree more. Um, what an amazing advocate for the Iowa football program. A guy who uh, is so well-spoken and does such a good job of being candid and transparent while also keeping the cards close and clearly putting the pressure on himself to say, I'm going to step up and be the guy that takes over for Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, I've actually likened Tyrone Tracy to being a mix of both those guys. A yeah. guy who has good run after the catch ability. The guy who can also go up and grab the ball. He doesn't have the blistering speed of Amir Smith set, or the you know I'm going to jump out of the roof like Brandon Smith. But it's a little mix of both. So I'm really excited to see him play as well. So I think those are three uh, fantastic um, guys to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. On the defensive okay. side. Of the, oh, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh. Um. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm curious, what are the three people you are watching on that side as well?
0: Mm. Riley Moss. I want to start with Riley Moss. I mean, he has been a guy that I just – I really love watching him. I know during spring ball, you know, he wasn't uh, as present because he was dealing—he was a little dinged up, you know, dealing with rehabbing some injuries. He seems healthy. Um, hopefully, we will get to see, you know, the products of his labor and his rehab. And he's just a guy that you know you've wanted to see so much more from because when you do see him perform at a high level, it's really good, and he is a really really good player. Um, I actually am excited to see, I'm going to give a little hometown shout out, uh, Logan Lee, because he, um, is he's a lineman and he's from a really small town around here. And for the last two years, he's been dealing with injuries and just not been able to find his footing. Um, he hasn't maybe quite had the breakthrough yet, but if there's a year for him to be able to show up and take on a role this year, it's, it's this year because he's healthy and he is physically ready, it seems. And so he's someone we probably haven't heard his name very much, but should because he's the kind of guy that can, can show up and and be a big deal for this defense Uh, I think after that, of course, Zach Van Valkenburg is is a guy that we just are, have come to rely on and can really step up and and be that leader and be that, you know, that strong returner presence that this team really needs. Um, And so I think we'll, we'll see, you know, him doing his job at a, at a very high level and someone that the Hawkeyes really need to rely on.
1: Couldn't agree more. So I was going to give my three on both sides of the ball, but honestly, they're, been pretty similar. Uh, (laughs) So uh, the only one I was going to say on the offensive side of the ball was going to be Justin Britt just because of the Kyler shot injury. Um, His ability to step in and play that guard position is going to be really huge. A couple of years ago, Iowa had a lot of difficulties handling interior pass rush during the middle part of the season, and that led to a loss versus Michigan. Um, I want to say it was against Penn State as well. They really struggled handling that interior pass rush. So Justin Britt's going to be a huge person on the offensive side of the ball, but the other three guys couldn't agree with more. Defensively, Riley Ma Moss is also one of my favorite players. I think part of the reason is that when you look on Twitter during a game, which is never a good thing to do, um, I've actually had to stop getting on Twitter because I either get too mad or something just doesn't, doesn't end well for me. But Riley Moss gets a lot of hate when something goes wrong. Now, no one notices when Riley Moss is locking down his guy or he's in the best position. And oftentimes when something happens, when a big play happens and Riley Moss is there, the assumption is he did something wrong. When you look at the tape, he's in fantastic position. He's in the right spot. The guy just makes it fantastic. There's some good wide receivers in the Big Ten. And the fact that Riley Moss came in as a gray shirt, as a two-star recruit, and started as a freshman. I mean, this guy has such an unbelievable story, and I'm really excited to see him continue to develop um, Logan Lee, I think that was definitely not what I was anticipating, but I couldn't agree more. A former tight end, um, has been putting on some weight, uh, the defensive line. They like to rotate between eight and 10 guys. He's mm-hmm. going to get his snaps as long as he can stay healthy. And I would need a few guys to step up. Who's going to be that guy. Can it be Logan Lee? Um, why black's also going to be in there. I'm really excited to see how those guys develop. And then Zach and Valkenburg couldn't agree more. It'll be interesting to see how he handles being the guy because, yeah. Chauncey Golson took a lot of the pressure and obviously we had Davian Nixon. So Zach and Valkenberg was really the third or fourth um, most probably scouted defensive lineman on that defensive line. He's number one. Now he is the guy and people are going to be targeting him. So what can he do? Can he get pressure on the quarterback or can he at least free up other guys to get pressure on the quarterbacks? That's also something I'm going to be watching as well.
0: But when you think about, who do you want to learn from in while you're coming up in your career? I can't think of better guys than, and you know, those are guys who are at the very highest level at their position. And so I think they kind of are handing the baton, handing the torch off to saying, Zach, Hey, now it's your turn. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you've been waiting. You've learned you can do this. And so I, I think we, I don't think he will falter under pressure.
1: Same. I mean, the guy has such an unbelievable story as well. Uh, coming from a D2 school, graduating early, coming to Iowa, playing several years here, playing high-level football as well. I mean, um, that's Iowa doesn't go into the transfer market a lot, but when they do, they find the right guys who fit the program just down to an absolute T. So really excited to see how he plays. That leads me into actually, we're going to talk about storylines. And one of the big storylines is how can Kelvin Bell develop this defensive line and what probably is his most difficult challenge in the last four years? Because every year they've had guys who've had a lot of experience returning, um, even if they weren't starters, right? A.J. Pinesa, not a starter, but was basically starting this year. It's Zach Van Valkenburg and Joe Evans, a former walk-on quarterback turned pass rush specialist. So that'll be really interesting to see how they develop that. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, first of all, when I was talking to Calvin Bell, we first were speaking about Logan Lee, of course. And I was asking him about, you know, now that he's healthy, have you seen him kind of had a breakthrough physically? Have you seen him kind of show what he's capable of? And he was frank. He said, look, I don't think any of these guys, any of these guys on the line have had a breakthrough yet. Uh, and I think that's a challenge to them. He's saying, you don't think we've, we've broken through yet. Coach will prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a charge to them. And hopefully, you know, maybe a way that coach is trying to motivate them to, to really show that they are uh, a high level line and that they can function at the level that they expect and, and how these guys before them have have come to, to lay the standard for, for Iowa. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how that develops and, Maybe coach was just uh, being modest and, and not wanting to to give away his cards on what we can expect. But for me, it seems like a way to motivate these guys to actually show up and, and prove what they're worth and what they can do.
1: BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now, but you can get all the latest news, odds and info for all of your sporting needs at BetOnline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Couldn't agree more. I mean, Kelvin Bell, clearly there's something. I mean, he is such a phenomenal coach. It isn't all just X's and O's. It isn't all just technique. There's that motivation factor behind it as well. Davian Nixon has talked about how Kelvin Bell helped him just learn how to study and learned how to prepare for each day and focus on one goal at a time. So Kelvin Bell, a master motivator, really excited to see that as well. Um, another storyline I'm curious about, I want to get your thoughts on this, is and this one's kind of interesting, but can Iowa close out some of the close games? Now, last year, they did a good job towards the end, but you could argue had they just learned how to close out against Purdue and Northwestern, we're talking about a whole different offseason, a whole different perspective on this Iowa football program, and they can't afford to lose those close games, especially getting Indiana and Iowa State early on. So what are your thoughts on that initially?
0: They cannot have a slow start like they had last year. I mean, Geez, just starting zero and two. Um, that was that was a stain on on last year's season. I mean, they lost two in a row. I was thinking to myself, "Oh no, what are we in store for?" And then when they just rallied off win after win, I was like, "Oh, something's clicking here. Something's mm-hmm. working." Um, I think these guys know that they have to get after it right away especially with Indiana and Iowa state right away two extremely talented teams two top 15 matchups I mean you're talking about you can't afford to lose these um and <laughs> I, I hope they take that as motivation. I'm sure they do. Um, so I think that's going to be the big litmus test, not only of course, how they function in game one, but how do they handle Cy Hawk, especially on the road in Ames, when there's going to be fans there, when it's going to be this rivalry renewed after a year off. Um, how do you handle pressure like that against two very high level teams right off the bat? You know, they could drop these two games right away. They could go. 0 and two. And I don't think that would be a stain in the same way that they were last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Because again, these are two very good teams that you start off with, but it's about um, what they are able to do. I mean, you can't just get blown out, and I don't think that's going to happen. But also, for it to be like a a one point game or even a one score game, um, that leaves you wanting more and thinking, What could have been? Yeah, exactly. With just (laughs) a little extra, could you have closed this out? So I think September 11th, we'll kind of know what we're dealing with.
1: Couldn't agree more. I think. Uh, if they were to start 0-2, and, and that's a big if, that will be a very long month in Hawkeye Nation as they get two cupcakes before they finally get to Maryland. Even Maryland, not really a reputable team, so that's, it's going to be a lot of talk about is Iowa actually a good football program or not. Um, I will say losing those two games doesn't destroy the season, but it definitely dampers the season because at least you're getting a, an East team and you're getting a non-conference team. So you still have the ability to run the West, but it just makes it that much more difficult. And you have to yeah. figure out how to rebound from that. Um, closing up, any any last storylines you want to cover before we get into the games that concern us the most?
0: Um, you know, I think we kind of touched on all of it. Uh, I just want to want to give a shout out to Kyler Shaw. We talked about him at the beginning, but what an Iowa-ish injury <laughs> is that? Jumping off a hay bale and injuring <laughs> your foot. I, I just, that one got some love on social media. That was, uh, yeah. I, I hope he's healing well. No one wants him to be injured, especially in a big season for him. But, um, that's probably the most Iowa injury you could think about. Right.
1: It really is. Uh, it's just so, so important. I mean, like most, I feel like most D1 athletes, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but D1 football players probably aren't bailing hay at their dad's farm over the summer. Right. But I mean, that's that's what you love about Iowa football players. They're hard workers when they're not working in the field, they're going back and they're helping out their farm. I mean, that's, it's the classical farm kid type thing. I mean, so yep. you got, you love it. Uh, it's what made him the fantastic guard he is. It's also what's going to keep him out for the first month of the season. So um, yep. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love yep. it. Um, the three games that are most concerning to you. I'm curious what your thoughts are. So you could always take the route of the three toughest games. You could also take the route of three of the, biggest upset possibility. So I want to get your thoughts. What are your three games? I feel like we might be different on this one.
0: Yeah. So first I'm going to start with Iowa state, um, a rivalry renewed, a very highly contested rivalry. One that is, has a lot of, just a lot of history and just a lot of meaning in this state. Um, and when you think about what you're dealing with, with Iowa state, they are the best they ever have been. Um, And they are dangerous and one of the best teams in the country. Granted, Iowa is fantastic as well. Um, But when you talk about a very difficult matchup, Iowa is going to have their hands full in Ames. Mm -hmm. And I'm just excited because it's going to be some really good football, I think, but it also presents a a very difficult challenge. Uh, I'm going to actually go, you know, I would not normally say this, but I'm actually going to say Kent State. And here's why, because when I was at Georgia, um, for some reason, it was always the cupcake games that for some reason we looked really bad in at first. Of course, Georgia would always end up winning them, but when you are losing like nine to six at halftime, like it's like, what is happening? And I think you run into that issue with teams like this sometimes because they come prepared when Iowa, you know, of course they're always prepared, but You know, when you're when you're playing a team like Kent State, it's like, "Ah, okay, we just want to get this one out of the way. So you have to be careful. You have to get ahead and stay ahead and not let the um, the idea that they are a a, a very, you know, just a different team get in the way of the fact that you still have to win this one Um, because Georgia has had too many close calls. And I. (laughs) I am forever skeptical of games like that on the schedule because it can be very easy.
1: They bring their A game. They bring their A plus game. They play as if it's their Super Bowl.
0: Because they want to come in and say we beat Iowa. Yeah. Right. No, they come into that game and say, we want to do that. Whereas uh, it's just a different, a different setting. Um, So I'm wary of that. Um, I'm also just really excited for um, senior day and uh, for the Hawkeyes to play Illinois. Um, Not necessarily the biggest challenge, but I think we'll get to see a little taste of how Brett Bielema has been able to to develop talent. They have a lot of guys coming back for that COVID year, a lot of super seniors. So they do have a good bit of experience there. Um, I think it will be interesting to to, to see what happens there. I don't think it's going to be too big of a challenge because we also know, um, you know, just that Iowa has a, a good bit of, of more talent on that side then. So, um, I just think it'll be a fun one just to see, uh, see what that rivalry could look like, you know, over the next couple of years with things getting, um, uh, you know, more interesting in Champaign.
1: Definitely. Uh, I will say, can't say it was the only one I did not, I have a list of three of the toughest games and the three of the kind of, Oh my gosh, this kind of scares me game. Kent state was not on there, but I actually understand where you're coming from with that because they take, they get Indiana, they get Iowa state. Those are two emotionally, a high emotion games, very tough games, very physical games. And then they get a break against Kent state. That is not, not, that's a trap. game. Yeah. It's a trap game. It's a little bit scary to go on, you know, to get to play Kent state. Um, Hopefully they do take care of business, but Iowa has sometimes started pretty slow against some of those uh relatively mediocre team so agree there um iowa state definitely on my radar illinois was also on mine because i think what what illinois brings back the table i actually thought they had a a solid team last year offensively and against Mm -hmm. iowa they got off to a pretty strong start brandon peters not the best quarterback but still a strong quarterback a Mm four-star recruit and can run the ball they have a good running back they got a really phenomenal offensive line and that is what the old Wisconsin teams under Brett were known for. So yeah. I think they have the ability to at least keep that game close. And when you have a close game, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the only it's other game. Rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they want to make that a rivalry. I mean, clearly they're, they're excited about stealing these guys that Iowa wants getting Brian Allen, getting Aiden Lowry, getting Ian Pukes. Those are guys that Iowa wanted and it only took, and they're excited about that for good reason. They do, they should get those in-state guys, but they're starting to make it a bit more concerning. And then the only other game I want to call out, obviously Penn state, Wisconsin are going to be tough games, but Nebraska to me, I just, and honestly, uh, what scares me the most is a five win or a four win Nebraska team. So a six win Nebraska team or anything better doesn't worry me as much. Cause I feel like no offense to Scott Frost, a lot of friends to Scott Frost. He just, I don't, I, I just don't think he, does a great job of motivating his players and gets them ready for games, except for Iowa, Nebraska shows up every single year. And I think it's personal, right? They they either want to get into a bowl game or they want to destroy Iowa. Either one is totally fine to them. But if they are not playing for a bowl game and that is the last game of the season, they are leaving every single thing on the line playing like it is the last game they've ever played in their entire life. For some of them, it might be. And so to me, that does scare me a little bit playing Nebraska um, after Thanksgiving.
0: 100 percent. And Nebraska is the butt of all of hawkeye fans jokes you know yeah. like and even you know players have been funny in the media over the years with the nebraska rivalry and, and with you know just making them the butt of all their jokes and so nebraska knows that and yeah. they come motivated they come ready you know i i completely agree if they are not going to be playing for a bowl game they're coming in there and they want to end on a win and you know be able to say we beat iowa and that scares me
1: yeah <laughs> if I would lost to Iowa state and Nebraska in the same season, I might just quit Twitter. I don't think I could be a part of, I don't think I'd be a part of a world where that is, that is literally all I see on my timeline consistently for a year. That just sounds miserable.
0: I'm right there with you.
1: Awesome. Well, Celia, um, always a pleasure talking to you. Where can the folks find you at?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Celia Palermo, C-E-L-I-A-P-A-L-E-R-M-O. I tweet all kinds of things, Hawkeyes, but <laughs> Hawkeye fans, you should know. I also tweet about Iowa State and Illinois. Um, so don't like come for me in my DMs.
1: I, think, I think that's a good, yeah, good word of caution. I think it's good to see what the other teams are doing and also a very journalistic way and not a um, homerism way. So I think your perspective is a fantastic perspective to follow for all those teams. Celia, as always a pleasure and we'll talk again soon. All right, see ya. All right, y'all, and that does do it for our show today. I hope you enjoyed this content. Next week, we are kicking off the Indiana coverage as we break all that stuff down. We have some awesome guests up ahead. And this is a reminder, we are going to be on YouTube next week and – As always, as we did all last season, we have Matt Vandenberg joining the show for every single recap of every single game. Monday Morning Recaps with Matt is back this year, so stay tuned for that. And We might have a cool little contest going on as well, so you're going to be on the lookout for all that fun stuff we have coming at you on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And if you want some help betting on your team, it doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast app. And that does do it for our show today. Make sure to follow us wherever you got this podcast at. Make sure to give us that five-star review. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate the love and the listenership. And as always, the support. Have a fantastic weekend, and let's go Hawks.